Hello and welcome to another episode of The Good Vanilla, a barefoot Contessa podcast where the chicken stock is homemade, store-bought is just fine, and the vanilla is always good. I am your host, Nick Kachanov, and today is a special day. It's a special week, really. Today is Ina Garten's birthday, her 73rd birthday, 73 years young, I will say. She was born on February 2nd, 1948, and I know, I think I said this last week, that Ina really doesn't love a lot of fuss, and we know that she doesn't love surprises, but I just wanted to mention and sort of dedicate this episode to to Ina and all that she has given us. We love you, Ina. If anyone has, you know, Instagram, go wish her a happy birthday. And I know that sometimes you don't really know when celebrity birthdays are, but I hope that everyone who's listening um, goes and shows her some birthday love via Instagram or whatever platform she's on. I don't think she has Twitter, but I know she has Instagram, which we're actually going to talk about later today. So I will keep it short. I won't dwell on it, but I am thrilled to be celebrating her with all of you on today's episode. Happy birthday, Ina. In addition to that, also, I think I mentioned this maybe last week as well, that my birthday is also this week. I am born just two days after Ina Garten. We are both Aquarians, and it just brings me so much joy to know that we are so close to sharing a birthday. Even though it's not the same day, even to be in the same week is just... uh, You feel closer to that celebrity, I guess. And I don't, I don't actually share my birthday with anyone cool. I shouldn't say that. Actually, the first person who comes to mind is I, I do have the same birthday as Rosa Parks, and she's like the coolest of them all, really. And I also share a birthday with Alice Cooper. And uh, I mean, that was like, obviously, I was born like probably during his heyday. And I know him from like Wayne's World, the Wayne's World movies. That's how I know Alice Cooper. But I know that he's a legend, so I'm not going to throw shade to him he's uh he's incredible i'm i also have the same birthday as george romero oscar de la hoya and jim o'hare who plays jerry larry gary whatever you want to call him gergich on parks and rec and i remember when i found out that i had shared the same birthday as him i was like on imdb and i was like oh of course i share the same birthday as gary couldn't be anyone like cool but <laughs> from what i hear jim o'hare is actually the coolest uh but i was just kind of if anyone is familiar with Parks and Rec, he's kind of like the Toby. If you know The Office, he's like the Toby of Parks and Rec with a little bit of like uh, differences in character, of course. But anyway, I also wanted to say, too, this is kind of my whenever I'm like in a work meeting and we have to do that awful thing where you have to say, name one fun fact about you that no one knows, which is that should be illegal at this point first of all sometimes people don't have anything cool I don't have anything really cool besides like the fact that I'm a podcaster but then people will ask you like what do you podcast about I'm like you don't want to know you know I'm like I talk about best supporting actresses and Ina Garten and then they're just like oh because they have no idea what to say (laughs) but I did want to mention speaking of one more thing one I mean the coolest of the cool who I share a birthday with is actually my older brother, Chris. We were born two years apart to the very day on February 4th. So I was born on his second birthday. And I don't know if like my mom's due date was around the 4th. I don't, to also answer your question as well, I don't think they planned it. I think it just like happened. 
Um, but I think that they knew that I was like on my way. So they, I think they were like maybe celebrating my brother. I don't know if they ended up buying a cake. I think my mom told me the story where he, all he got on his birthday was like pudding. I mean, that sounds like a great birthday. I love pudding. So, and he was two, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, so we have shared the same birthday. I mean, obviously all our lives, but my mom has been really, my mom is like super mom and she has always like really made like gone above and beyond to separate like just make sure we ha- we feel like we have our own like uh moment I guess we would always have two cakes we never shared a cake we would always have two themes my brother's theme like when we were younger would be like the Pittsburgh Steelers and mine would be like puppies <laughs> because I hated sports because I was gay but and we also sang happy birthday twice every year. And it's kind of all I've really known. It was like having a twin without having a twin. And it is a cool thing. I think it's cool. Like, especially growing up now that we, I remember the first year that I had a birthday without him. I think he was like probably at college, I guess. And I was still like a junior in high school. And that was like the first year. It was definitely strange to not share that with him. But we always get together, obviously, because he's still in Pittsburgh. He lives about 25 minutes Eh, like north of Pittsburgh. So we will be celebrating this year as well. So that is all the birthday news for this week. Of course, like I mentioned before, we are celebrating Ina and I picked an episode. I I tried to find an episode. I mean, help me out, listeners. I do not think there is any episode of the Barefoot Contessa that celebrates just Ina's birthday. If, If it's out there, let me know. But I, so I went ahead and just picked an episode that I really liked. And this is actually, we found it on YouTube TV. Uh, This is Back to Basics, season 23, episode seven, Cook Like a Pro, colon, chocolate. Because I love chocolate more than anything, really. I, it, it, when people say that they don't love chocolate, I just, I'm confused, but I, I, I guess I get it because not a lot of, like, I have uh, some close friends too that just prefer like a fruit tart or, um, you know, strawberry shortcake or something like that, which, I mean, we all know my opinion on mixing fruit with chocolate. It's an abomination really, but I do love both of those things separately, like a chocolate cake. Yes. And, you know, uh, I don't know. The first thing that came to mind was like strawberry cheesecake, but anything that has fruit in it. Yeah, I'm always on board for it. I just don't want chocolate on it. But I'm going to also talk about that later because there is something that has chocolate on it. We're going to talk about the chocolate bark. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's let's take it down. Let's start this episode. So Ina's intro is a little bit different because this is cooked like a pro. This is, um, you know, it's kind of evolved. These are more of the most probably recent episodes that she has and the most recent reincarnation of the television show Barefoot Contessa. So she says, hi, I'm Ina Garden. I've been cooking and baking professionally for decades. I'm going to show you my recipe and techniques. So when you're making delicious food for your friends and family, you too can cook like a pro. So then she goes on to talk about the episode. She says, today I'm talking chocolate, all kinds. And on the menu for this episode specifically is chocolate ganache cake, chocolate creme brulee, peanut Rocky Road bark, and frozen hot chocolate. I mean, yes, yes to all of these, really. I'm excited. And then she's, (laughs) the last thing is like, let's talk about chocolate. And then we get into (laughs) our first recipe. 
which is the chocolate ganache cake. I love when a, a Barefoot Contessa episode starts off with a cake. I, I just, I've said it before too, I am just more excited when dessert is involved. It's the best part of dinner. And I think um, Ina has said this before many times too, that people might not remember what you make for dinner, but people always remember desserts. And I think that's a good mantra. I mean, I... That's it's my favorite part of the meal. I mean, yes, I love the food also too, but like I I really like the time after the meal where people have had like a little bit of time to digest and you're just kind of sitting around and maybe there's some coffee and and then you just have a little bit more time to spend with your friends and like the dinner's over so you don't have to stress about it. And especially if it's like a show-stopping dessert, like that gets me excited as a host to serve to all my friends. So, and this one's Great. There are some ingredients that I would have never thought Ina would put in a cake. So let's get into this. So she says, if I have one go-to chocolate cake, it's this chocolate cake. And I've been making it since the 70s. And then she says, she's like, not the 1870s, the 1970s. And she's like, hmm. <laughs> I don't think I talked about Ina's hmm yet. It's going to happen later. I feel like I just want to add it to almost everything she says when I do my impression of her. But one of my favorite hmms is when she, I feel like when she's talking about Jeffrey manning the grill, she's like, I'm in the kitchen and Jeffrey's outside manning the grill. I hope we don't have to call the fire department. Hmm. <laughs> it's just so great. Um, but anyway, so she starts by putting some room temp butter and a half a cup of sugar in her standing mixer and creams that together. And next she kind of shows us it is as far as like these later episodes, like the cook like a pro, there is a little bit more focus on, um, I'd say, like tips and tricks. Like, yes, techniques as well as that, too. But uh, one of the things that she shows us is how to just like prepare a, a cake pan. It's like an eight inch by two inch. It's like eight inch, eight inches in diameter and like two inches high. So she butters it. And she puts a piece of parchment paper on the bottom. But she also shows us how to like fold it and then fold it again. And kind of it's almost it's not a snowflake by any means, but you kind of fold it as if you were making a snowflake. And then you just like slightly trim it. And then it like makes a beautiful circle as well, too. I've tried it a couple times. I can never get it right, but I've only tried it maybe about three times. <laughs> so I need some practice, I'd say. But typically the first time I cut it, it's always too big. And then I just like have to do it like six times to get it the right size. But regardless, she flours, uh, she butters, then flours the pan. And then she goes back to the butter and sugar and adds the eggs one at a time, room temperature eggs, because they blend better. She said if it's if it's not room temperature eggs, it's just going to be a mess. And then she dumps an entire 16 ounce can of Hershey's syrup into this cake and I've seen them before too I feel like my mom has uh, like used that as well I feel like it's like before like chocolate really got like this like renaissance of like there's so many different types of chocolate now and I just I actually ha uh, has a little bit of a rant in just a bit here about chocolate that I'm going to save but um this can of Hershey syrup I feel like my mom used to use it, and my grandma used to use it um for baking only, though, we would still get, like, the Hershey's, like, chocolate bottle, you know, for the, like, chocolate milk. Oh, gosh. It's been so long since I've got that. I remember, I will say, too, I am not above strawberry syrup as well. I think, I talk to my friend Jamie about this all the time, so let me know if everyone's on board with this. I think that there should be, if it doesn't already exist, a strawberry, like, oat milk or cashew milk or, like, almond milk flavor 
I would love that because they obviously have vanilla and chocolate, but I feel like strawberry milk is... I, anytime I order a milkshake, like if I have just like a burger and fries, like it has to be a strawberry milkshake. I don't know what it is about it that just feels like right. I don't really love like chunks in it. I just want like that, like, you know, that syrup, that strawberry like syrup that's probably like terrible for you. But it just it just feels right. Of course, like I I'm not above a chocolate or vanilla milkshake, too. But I don't know if I'm if I'm in that sort of situation, strawberry milkshakes are just like it just makes sense to me. So in addition to that, I also feel that there should be strawberry soy milk or maybe even I mean, I know they have strawberry like milk milk, like regular milk, I'm trying to say. But I think like they should make strawberry silk a thing or oat milk, whatever, whatever nut milk you are drinking these days. I think that that should be a thing because if anyone is maybe a little bit turned off by almond milk or oat milk or anything like that, I would suggest trying like the chocolate version of all of them because I feel it is like it's like a it's a treat. I feel like it's like thicker and it all it's not quite a milkshake, obviously. But when I pour like vanilla soy milk into my cereal, it is it takes it to the next level. So if you're stuck in like regular milk, which is also fine, but if you're interested in branching out into nut milk, I would say like chocolate almond milk is great. But really, I've been into oat milk a lot recently. So that's my go to as far as like my I know that's not a nut, but that's like my type of milk. Anyway, I don't know how I got here. We were talking about, oh, the Hershey syrup. So she says she dumps the whole can in and she says it makes it very rich and very dense and she gets it all over the mixer, um, which I do too. I learned this. There's a trick. I don't know if it necessarily works for the syrup she's pouring in, but um, there is a show on the Food Network called Baked in Vermont with Gazina Prado, who is, you wouldn't recognize her name, but she's actually Sandra Bullock's sister. And she has this like, it's a lovely show. I love it. Keanu and I stumbled on it, I don't know, probably a year ago. And there are only two seasons. I wish there were more. She is a delight. She has this, like, beautiful home in Vermont. She has, like, these dogs and this, like, adorable husband. And they, she just, like, makes and bakes all these delicious things. But the one thing I did learn from her is that with your dry ingredients, to put them on a, on a piece of parchment paper... Uh, whether it's flour or whatever it is and then you just sort of fold it up and then you kind of like tip it into the bowl for the standing mixer it's a game changer and I'm sure she's not the first person to do it maybe she is but she's the first person who I saw do that and it saves so much time at least as far not even so much time it uh, it's just not as messy I guess but as far as that Hershey's syrup Ina I I'm on board I'm just a little surprised not that there's like a Ghirardelli version of it or anything like that maybe there is but um, she said that it makes it more dense. I love a dense cake. I want like heavy, dense cake. Like that's that's I know that probably isn't everyone's preference. Like they want like a light cake, but there's nothing like a homemade dense cake. I don't know how else to say it. I think it's great. So I it made me excited for this cake that maybe one day I would make it myself. So next she adds a tablespoon of the good vanilla. And she also comments that she's a messy baker. I am also a messy baker as well, too. Like when when I really when I make anything, the kitchen kind of explodes. And oh God, I hate cleaning up, especially when you bake like with the standing mixer for as convenient as it is. <sighs> I don't know. It's like first world problems, I guess. But um, I will say that I did get a white standing mixer, <laughs> the same one as Ina has because of Ina. I found it on Facebook Marketplace because there was like no way I was spending. Some of them are like 
I swear like $300 for like a KitchenAid standing mixer. And I know some of them are a little bit more fancy than others, but I got mine off of um, Facebook Marketplace. Someone was selling theirs because they got a new one and I got it for a hundred bucks and it's incredible. And it came with like a couple attachments really. So I'm definitely happy with it. So next she adds the flour and then she takes the batter and she actually pulls, I mean, this is a great idea, but um, hashtag clean hands, as Ina would say, she takes like the sort of the, the paddle attachment off. And in, instead of like using a spatula to kind of scrape the, the, the extra batter, she takes her fingers, like her thumb and her pointer finger and just like, <laughs> just like pulls it off, which honestly I do feel is probably the quickest way because you can never quite get in there with like a rubber spatula i mean honestly i probably don't use my fingers to take it off because i want to lick it i love batter i know it's it shouldn't be that way like you should not really eat it if it had has eggs in it but like especially if it's brownie batter or cake batter like i just love dough and batter i could just like eat it all which makes me like sick instantly too not like i want to die sick but like it's just so much sugar i guess but anyway, that's how Ina cleans her paddle attachment. And then she pours the batter into the pan and cooks it at 350 for 30 to 45 minutes. So next she makes the chocolate ganache for the cake, which is pretty easy. I feel like I've made chocolate ganache at some point in my life, maybe. It's just basically heavy cream set over a pan of like simmering water and then like some semi-sweet chocolate chips and some instant coffee granules as well too and then you just kind of stir it up and she says the gloss or the the more you stir it the glossier it gets which i don't know i wonder what what's the science behind that that's interesting to me but um i don't know i'll look into that so next we have a segment with ina's at the time social media manager lighty hoik and i actually follow her on instagram her instagram handle is lighty likes and this is a fascinating story. First and foremost, I have to say it's a little bit of like synchronicity for this week's episode. They just, I found out this week because I follow Lighty that she is a Pittsburgh native. And so am I. I was like, I felt like I was instantly like a part of Ina's team because I, I knew that Lighty was from Pittsburgh. But her story is really incredible. I, I don't know what she went to school for specifically, but she... I would assume in, in, in addition to being like uniquely qualified for the position, she wrote a letter to Ina Garden. I think she had a friend from college whose father was close with Ina or like knew Ina, like basically could like he had an in so he could so she could deliver or I guess he would deliver the letter to Ina. Basically, so she wrote to her and said that she was a fan and that she was interested in running her social media. And this is why you should have a social media presence, just like kind of pitching it to her because if you know Ina well, she was not really on social media, specifically Instagram. So Lydie is kind of, and in addition to like probably her team as well, solely responsible for Ina's Instagram presence as well. And I think that's really helped her be seen by so many other people and also be seen by like a younger generation as well. Because in addition to like people that are, I'd have to say probably like 40 and above like the women that watch her show, there's like a whole new slew of like a, like a new demographic that can be exposed to her and and begin to love her as much as the rest of us do. So I just think it's that's a really cool story. I love that she's from Pittsburgh. And Lydie, I'm going to put this out into the universe here. Maybe I'll send you a private message, but I would love to have you on the podcast. I read in the article too that she, she is no longer Ina's social media manager. She has moved on. I think she was with Ina for about seven years. And it was kind of like, 
from what she describes, like kind of like an assistant, but also social media manager as well. And now she writes for the New York Times. And she also, um, obviously, you can follow her on Instagram, Lydie Likes, that's L-I-D-E-Y. Um, and she, I believe her main focus now is writing and um, cooking and sort of writing articles about that, from what I gathered from that article. So that's the scoop on Lydie. Um, and so Ina, in this section invites Lydie because they recently did a, a video on Instagram on how to do a chevron pattern on this chocolate ganache cake. So they ladle like two scoops of the like or two ladles worth I guess of the chocolate ganache on uh, a sheet pan with like a little rack so the ganache can kind of just like drip off of it. I need to get those little they almost look like cooling racks but they're not quite a like a cooling rack where like, cooling racks are probably like maybe two inches above the surface but this is like like half an inch, three quarters an inch, something like that above. And it's it's really handy. I need to I need to get some. That's just a mental note for me. So they take the, the ganache, they they ladle it over, and next they kind of put um uh, it's basically just like it's almost like royal icing, but um, you know, like the water and powdered sugar. And they make just like white lines, uh, probably like an inch apart uh on the cake. And then it's actually quite simple too. They take a, a back of the, it's kind of hard. I know this is like maybe hard to visualize, but they take the back of a knife and like drag it across the entirety of the cake one way. And then they move a little bit down and then they drag the back of the knife the other way as well. And it's actually really elegant and elevated and really simple to do. And it, it comes out looking great. Uh, and Ina is just like, she's so adorable. She's so like encouraging to Lighty and Lighty's so encouraging of Ina. It's just like a really fun moment and that's pretty much the end of the chocolate ganache cake they kind of give each other a high five <laughs> i think Ina gives her like a hug or something it's really cute so let's move on to talk about this chocolate creme brulee what a great idea um i love creme brulee i don't it's like i know it's a lot of people's like favorite I, it's definitely like probably within my top 10 i feel like it's so i don't know it's it's the perfect amount for me i think it's a a great dessert because even though there are heavy components it doesn't feel as heavy when you uh eat it i think it's a good dessert to share with someone as well too but with that being said could i eat a whole creme brulee of course i could so she starts by scalding three cups of heavy cream and scalding essentially is like i always get nervous about this because like i'll just stand there at the stove if i have to like scald any sort of cream or milk because i'm always afraid i'm just gonna like <laughs> like ruin it because you have to almost bring it to the boiling point but you have to like take it off the heat right before it starts to boil because then it's all over. But in addition to that, she adds basically all the chocolate off the heat and sort of just mixes it in. So here is Ina's sort of like rant on chocolate. She says, she says, chocolate has gotten so complicated lately. It drives me crazy. It used to be sweet chocolate, semi-sweet chocolate, bittersweet. And now it's like 62 and 3 eighths percent chocolate, which I, I do get what she's saying. It's just kind of funny. Because she did sound kind of, pardon the pun, bitter about how much, how many different types of chocolate there are. And I know sometimes, oh, Keon buys this whenever we're kind of watching our sugar a little bit or just like, maybe we should cut down on some sweets. He buys, I swear it's like 85%. Is it cacao? Anytime I say cacao, I always think of Portlandia. If anyone knows that reference, you know. If you know, you know, as the kids say. Um... But it is, it's terrible. It, it's not even worth it at that point because the sugar content is so low that it's just like, 
you're eating, I don't even know what it tastes like. It just tastes like bitter soot. <laughs> it's like not worth it. So I do understand what Ina is saying. And she kind of goes into a little bit of like how everything's broken down. If it's 50%, it's probably semi-sweet. Or maybe she said bittersweet and then it kind of goes up. She has a little bit of like a, a little bit of a lesson on like how to interpret the percentages of chocolate. But anyway, she adds some instant espresso powder um, and she actually said she learned how to make creme brulee from Julia Child's cookbooks. And she said, and I think it would even change Julia Child's mind. Or she said that that recipe would change Julia Child's mind, the one she's making right now. And she's like, I wish she was here. Oh, can you imagine the two of them together? It would be my head would explode. So I love that she gave her a little bit of a nod. So let's talk eggs. She has one whole egg, four egg yolks, and then she whisks it with half a cup of sugar. And then she adds the chocolate to the eggs and adds a quarter cup of Kahlua. Yum. And last but not least, she adds, of course, some good vanilla extracts. And then she basically just puts it into the ramekin. She shows us how to prepare these sort of like water bath situations. I never thought, I mean, again, these tips are like common sense, but I would never even think to do this. And I, I don't, th I've never made creme brulee, but I have, I feel like I have made recipes before that require like a little bit of water in the pan. And I always do it outside of the oven, but it's so much easier to put like whatever it is, a roasting pan or whatever it is, put the ramekins in and then just pour the water in while the, you know, the it's on the rack. That way you're not, you don't have to like carry it from the sink to the stove and just be like, oh. yeah, just pour the water in it. It's so simple. I never even thought of that. So thanks, Ina. So she puts them in the oven, but she already has some prepared and they're beautiful. She puts a tablespoon of sugar on each of them, which I feel like is a lot, but also it's dessert and it's creme brulee. So why not? So she gets out her torch and she says, careful, because this is really a torch. <laughs> it was just funny because of course it's a torch. But um, I, we actually got Keon's mom. She loves creme brulee. So we got her. We were supposed to be in New Hampshire this year for Christmas, but we weren't, which is sad because of Corona. So we got her and we were going to like the plan was to get her. We got her the ramekins. We got her the torch. And then we were going to make creme brulee with her like one night while we were there. So that was our grand plan. But she opened it and I think she understood, but also was like, no, nah, we can't make it with you until we see you again. But yay. But um, she was really the thing about the torch, too, is the torch, she opened it up and it didn't come with like the little like, what is it, butane lighter thing? Like the the little attachment that basically that like the gas that powers the cor the torch. But so that was sad. It was like buying something and then realizing that the batteries weren't included. So I'm sure she's remedied it by now. But it's always fun watching Ina with a blowtorch is ultimately what I'm trying to say here. So she torches the creme brulee. It looks amazing. I love, I think the one thing I really do love about creme brulee, and I don't know if this is like how it's traditionally supposed to be, but she did have them in the refrigerator. I love the, like the, the contrast between like the semi, like if it's still a little bit warm, like the sugar on top, but like the bottom is cold. I like that a lot. I think that's kind of, but I don't know if that's how it's traditionally sort of served at the same time, but I, I do prefer like the custard part to be a little bit more chilled. That's just me though. And of course, the best part about creme brulee is just like taking your spoon and just like giving it a whack and like breaking the sugar. I think that's probably one of the main draws of creme brulee in addition to it being delicious. So let's move on to Rocky Road chocolate bark. I think she called it like peanut Rocky Road chocolate bark. I don't really know if peanuts are in the Rocky Road mixture. I know that like chocolate chips or maybe nuts and marshmallows typically are. So maybe that's why she called it peanut Rocky Road 
either way. She tempers the chocolate for the bark and she makes a sort of like template. She like draws it on some parchment paper and then flips it over. It's like an 11 by 8 square. And then she puts, she basically like drizzles the chocolate out and kind of uses a offset spatula to kind of smooth it out. And then she puts like these delicious things on it, salted peanuts, chocolate chips, marshmallows. And then, which I think really ties this all together, like a drizzle of white chocolate on top. Justice for white chocolate. I know a lot of people might not love it, but I really like it and and like a lot of things. And here's my sort of theory. So she talks so she talks about um Ina says like there's this like segment about other barks that she's made in the past or like past episodes. And the first one she makes is still with like uh, like semi-sweet or bittersweet chocolate like it, it's chocolate. So uh, not like white chocolate is what I'm trying to say. So she puts cashews, apricot and dried cranberries. No. I would not eat that at all. Again, it's the fruits mixed with the chocolate. However, if that was a white chocolate base and it had cashews, apricot, and dried cranberries, I would totally be in it. I think I've cracked, not cracked the code, but I think I've come to like the realization that as long as it's a white chocolate with fruits, I am fine. But if it's like chocolate chocolate, like milk chocolate or dark chocolate, whatever it happens to be, I'm not as into it. I will eat it. I will eat it. If someone like, but if it's at a party and it's like on a table, like I, I probably wouldn't willingly run up to it. And the other, and what kind of sealed the deal was she talked about this other chocolate bark she made, was, was, which was with white chocolate, pistachios, and dried fruits, which sounds great. I love pistachios. I think, honestly, that's probably, like, my favorite flavor of anything. Like, uh, as far as, like, gelato or just, like, ice cream, like, if there's, like, a pistachio crust on something or, like, a dipped in pistachios, like, I am, anytime I see that on a menu, I'm always on board. I think it's, like an underrated sort of nut, I guess. Like, I, I mean, I, I know they're expensive too. And like, I always feel so bougie when I buy like the pistachios without the shell. They have like this huge bag at Costco. It's like $49, but I don't even care. Um, and it's just nice to like, but sometimes I do like to shell the pistachios. It's kind of fun to just like kind of sit there and like watch TV. It's like um, when you eat like, crab legs or something like that you know it's kind of fun to like kind of peel it and like do the work and then just like eat it but yes I love pistachios and pistachio flavored things I just think they're great and I've been on a real pistachio kick lately so maybe that's why it's on my mind who knows all right last but not least we have iced hot chocolate which is she's she gives a shout out to serendipity in New York City because I feel that's like the first place I think of when I think of iced hot chocolate um and I know it's probably probably to this day still a craze that people really I feel like it's a very touristy thing to go to serendipity and get the ice hot chocolate and it's delicious I don't I can't remember if I've had it though I think I think I did go once in New York when I lived there maybe it was with my friend Claire Claire if you're listening did we go there I feel like I went with you (laughs) I'm like send me a text so this is basically the same ingredients that you would put in like a traditional hot chocolate only you put you know a crap ton of ice at the end and put it in a blender and it's it's cold so there's bittersweet chocolate there's cocoa powder sugar and then of course Ina's favorite half and half because why not and then she adds two tablespoons of brewed espresso she says you can also use decaf espresso <laughs> I'm like bite your tongue Ina decaf espresso that should that should be illegal that really should I mean 
decaf coffee is also I think there was like a meme one time I saw like there's a time and a place for decaf coffee and it's never and in the garbage is what the <laughs> and I firmly believe that but I know I think as I get older it all depends really I can drink coffee at like 8 p.m and be fine to go to bed at like 10 um, but sometimes I guess if my mind's running a little wild that's usually what keeps me up over caffeine but sometimes it just depends on like what kind of coffee I'm having I guess but it really doesn't affect me as much some people like I, I feel like as you get older and older too like I feel like my grandma will say like I can't drink coffee past two o'clock or I'll be up till 3 a.m and I'm, I'm like oh god I love coffee after dinner because I'm 90 years old or like espresso after dinner like I, I think the Italians have it right and I'm sure other cultures do that too but like that to just have a little bit of coffee and a little bit of something sweet after dinner is just like bliss for me so decaf espresso sachet away in addition to all those ingredients she puts some whole milk a splash of vanilla and then she adds the chocolate mixture mixture into it and then she adds two cups of ice this is all in a blender by the way and then she pours them she blends them and then she pours them into two milkshake glasses that are really cute um and she puts i feel like she has or at least in my mind it's like a revisionist history here that they had she has like those white straws with like the red swirls around them that make it look like a 50s like malt shop sort of milkshake thing. <laughs> but she and then she puts a, a hefty dollop of whipped cream on it, followed by some chocolate shavings. I mean, it just it's picture perfect, really. And then the last line of the show, of course, what we've all been waiting for. She's like, now I have to find someone to share this with. Uh, Jeffrey, that's <laughs> how she says it. And then she just like smiles and walks off like into the sunset to find Jeffrey. Ugh, what a great episode. I love chocolate. I love Ina. I thought about doing maybe another episode or this week's episode of like a, a birthday, like a Jeffrey birthday episode, because I know she loves celebrating her friends and Jeffrey too. But um, I guess selfishly enough, I just wanted to pick something that I loved, which is chocolate. And I know that Ina does too in addition to like a bevy of other desserts that she's shown us over the years. But that is the end of today's episode. Thank you again, everyone, for listening. I forgot to mention there were two reviews that came in this week. One was from Colin Drucker, my fabulous co-host of The Best Supporting Podcast, who actually just had a birthday this past Sunday. So happy belated birthday, Colin. And then my cousin Janice left me a review, which was also lovely. So thank you to the both of you. And speaking of, if you are enjoying the podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or just tell a friend. That's just as good. Anything you can do is appreciated. And if you want to follow the podcast on social media, you can find it on Instagram and Twitter at goodvanillapod. And you can also send me an email at goodvanillapod at gmail.com with your thoughts on decaf espresso or fruit and chocolate being one dessert or should it be separates. I'm very interested in furthering that conversation. Um, or anything else that you wish to talk about. I am always available to chat about Ina. I will make myself available to chat about Ina. Also, if you want to know where to get more of me, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Nick Kachanov. And you can find me on my other podcast, The Best Supporting Podcast, every week with Colin Drucker. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Happy birthday, Ina Garden. We love you. And to the rest of you, stay safe, and I'll see you next time.